Hey y'all, what is going on? What is going on? It's your girl, Melba Pearson, Melba for Miami, Melba for Justice, also known as the resident legal diva. And it's time for another Mondays with Melba. Hope everyone had a great weekend. We have a lot going on. First off, it is Hispanic Heritage Month. So we are celebrating all things from the uh, diaspora of brown folks, talking about music, food, candidates, all that good stuff. So let's definitely step out of our comfort zone and learn more about cultures that are different than our own. So there's always that opportunity when you have the Heritage Month of a different, uh, a group different to you. So there's that. But of course, I have my amazing guest who also identifies as Puerto Rican. He's a Boricua from New York. Hey, if you know, you know. Uh, Robert Asensio, who is running for Congress. Welcome to my Mondays with Melba, Robert. Oh my God, I'm so glad to be here. You know, I've been following you for a while. I wanted to kind of get hooked up somehow to be on your show and, and actually, more importantly, work with you. So thank you for having me. Um, oh my gosh, it is, it is my pleasure, Robert. We have so many amazing people in common who have sung your praises. So I'm always happy to be able to sit down with a true public servant who is about the right thing and to really educate people on the power that we, the people, have. So Let's dive right in. Make sure people know more about you. Can you share a little bit about your background and why you're running for Congress? Because that's a pretty hefty climb, as we all know. Yeah. So for anybody that's ever been left behind, I'll start with why I'm running for Congress. I'm running for Congress because I'm tired of those politicians who just don't care about people and their acts are hurting people. And I'll tell you a little bit about me so I kind of frame out the next portion of the conversation, right? I'm Puerto Rican, as you mentioned, born in New York. My family's from Puerto Rico. We looked, we moved to Puerto Rico when I was a kid. My parents got divorced, and I know what it is to move. It seems like every month, once once the rent came due, my mother was packing us up and moving. My mom had three, she was a single mom, three kids. You know, the whole struggle. We know what it is to be hungry. We also know what it is to be a little better off in life. And so I lived in Puerto Rico as a kid. I came to South Florida in 1977. I went to Ponce Middle. I went to Coral Gables High School. But, you know, like in the 70s, it was really difficult. And Miami was a you know, changing environment. And coming from a broken family, I quit high school. And I, and I quickly learned what a mistake that was and how unmarketable I was and how, I want to talk about being stepped on? <laughs> I just put a whole lot of weight on my shoulders and people began to step on me even more. So I knew I didn't need to get my crap together. I joined the military, spent six years in the Army Reserves after bouncing from job to job. And there I was taken on, I was taken under the wing of some really, really good people. I happened to be qualified and enter a special operations unit where through the next six years, it pretty much defined the course of my life. I really got on track. I, I you know, I went to school, finished my, my high school. Then I came out of the service after, after being in a very, very high specialized unit serving the world. During the Cold War time, I was in the 80s when we were fighting against communism, right? The spread of communism around the globe. So I get them out of the military, you know, a high-speed unit, thinking my stuff don't stink, right? Man, <laughs> economy stuff, economy was horrible. I wound up living in a car. I wound up surfing people's couches because I just was trying to find a job. I, I wanted a break, I and I did everything I could to try to get a break. I even went to vocational school, went to film production school. I wanted to get into the movie scene, and, and you know, I just couldn't make it happen. So... I did start a small business, was very successful. And then from there, 
I joined the police force, Miami-Dade County Public Schools. And why? Because I wanted the security having a pension. You know, we who come from poverty know the need for stability, right? And that's represented stability, but it also represented an opportunity for me to have a say so that people like me, like us, who are often marginalized, often, you know, met with by other officials who don't have a context of what the hell we're going, we live, our lives are, why we do the things we do, why we think the way we do. I wanted to have a context in that in that arena. I wanted to have a say. And I wanted to, you know, you come into police or you want to save the world. I'm sure like when you went to the state attorney's office, right? Yeah. You want to save the world. Right, exactly. You're like bright-eyed and butchy-tailed and like, I'm going to make a difference. Yeah, and yeah. you can in some ways. You and know? you do, you know, I guess with each case, everything you do, you make of it what you, what it, you know, what it is, right? You, you make of it what you can. And there are opportunities, but we also recognize the fact that government is not perfect, right? And I think we have a good system. Well, we have some, excuse me for saying this, I'm going to start cursing. We have some shitty people in government, whether elected officials, and even some of those that get appointed to those key positions. So throughout the Miami-Dade County Public Schools, I worked from, the, from working on patrols, patrolling the streets in the in the 90s in, in, in Liberty City, over town. I know what it is to have people, children die in my hands. I know what it is to see the violence. I know what it is to have see the hardship, the failures of, of electeds on our communities. People suffer unjustly. People not given a break. People who want more. Not everybody lives in the inner city or, or in a bad part of town, considered a bad part of town, is a bad person. Exactly. And I'll tell you some stories because people in those communities actually saved my life. Okay. Mm. But having said that, I rose through the ranks. I worked local, state, and federal level investigations. I, I, I think we have a mutual friend in, in investigations. When I was doing investigations, I was investigating. I had a unit. I ran a unit, a couple of units, sexual battery. I ran a unit that was public corruption. And I also investigated dirty cops. Hmm. And I have the unfortunate and fortunate pleasure and displeasure of arresting even my own friends that I worked with. Look, they commit a crime. They're no different than anybody. And actually, I think they're worse because yeah. they know so, so when I got closer to retirement, look, I spent at that point, I spent 32 years working in the public service, man, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to retirement. I want that stability. I thought I had it. And I turned to Tallahassee, right? And what happens? They were trying to privatize, essentially get rid of our pension system, something I had worked so hard for. So I went to talk to my legislator, then legislator, Frank Ortiz. And what I heard from his mouth was garbage. I heard him disparaging. I heard everything that I had fought so hard for or against coming out of that man's mouth. Wow. And he had just filed a transgender bathroom bill. Do you remember that one? Oh, I, uh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would have to create a police just to police the bathrooms. I mean, that's foolishness, man. There's so many other things that people need to work on that we need to do. That we need to dress, right? So I challenged him. He jumped out of the race. I thought I was sailing through to get a, become a state a, a, a state representative because my state representative wasn't was not representing me and you know, or my community. And then David Rivera jumps into the race. Remember David? Oh yes, yes, yes. David, David. How can you know, <laughs> Never goes away from the media. A brilliant mind, but on the other side, always running out of ways to cheat. Right, mm-hmm. and they cheated. They did everything they could, and we won the race that we 
Nobody thought we could win. It was with, by the help of people like yourself, people from the community, just a cross-section of people like me that I'm tired, man. I'm not a politician. Shoot, I was freaking swim, swimming, trying to stay above water in the politics. Right. <laughs> and, and here I am. I get elected. And we win in a recount. 53 votes. We won. Wow. Hold up, hold up. The margin was 53 votes. Y'all, this is a reminder that every vote counts, right? You think, oh, my vote doesn't matter. Listen, <laughs> there are 53 people that if they hadn't voted, Robert, you never would have been a representative and been able to serve the people of Florida as a state representative in Tallahassee. And I bring that up because it is, it is a, you just hit on it. If we think our votes don't count, they don't count if we don't exercise them. John Lewis said this in 1963, the great John Lewis, right? Mm -hmm. A man who fought for our rights to vote. We owe that man so much. We owe his legacy. Yes, we do. Immensely. So a couple of days before he gets the crap kicked out of him, right? This man get pummeled on the, I think it's the Pettit Bridge. Is that the way you pronounce it? And then Pettit's Bridge, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he gets, he gets beat the hell there, but he says it a couple of days before. The vote is the most powerful, nonviolent change agent that right that we have. It protects all others. And boy, he got he paid the price for that. He almost, they almost killed him. Yeah. And you know what? I think right now we still have that fight. You know, we still have that fight. And not to get too far ahead of myself, but I want to answer your question, why am I running? I come back to the same question. If you haven't already gotten it, I'm a fighter, man. I don't want anybody to step on me. And just like I put my life on the line when I was in the military and in the police work and then on the, in the house, believe it or not, there were some people gunning for me. Um, I swore an oath three times to this country and the people of this country. I don't care what race. I don't care what, who you like, who you love. It doesn't matter to me whether you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter to me whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, MPA. I want to serve the needs of the people. And I think if we return to those days, we will be so much better off. And for those of you that who, who have lost hope, I'm here to tell you, I should have been a statistic. I have a brother, had a brother who, like me, well, he went, grew up in the same neighborhoods I did, but he went the other way. He went the route of crime. He died many, many, many years ago. In his life, he was a junkie and he was a gangbanger. Later on in life, he corrected his ways, but he was sick. I fortunately have always walked on this side. And I will tell you, every time we lose hope, we need to remember there are people out there who will fight for you. We're better off if we work together and we make sure that we follow John Lewis's comments, statements, profound statement. The vote is the most powerful nonviolent change agent so much so that he even got um lbj who refused mm -hmm. to meet with him after john lewis gets beat up lbj the president starts echoing john lewis's statement the power of one man or one person the power of one person to change the course of history yeah yeah, That's yeah. huge. Bro, you're giving me chills. You're killing me today. I love it. <laughs> we got to get deep. We got to get deep. Nah, man. You're right? That's what I'm about. Let's do this. So 
I wanted to kind of pivot though and talk a little bit more about the the district that you're running in. So it's Congressional District 28, I believe. Yes. And and, and can you take a, talk a little bit more about which areas of Miami that includes, so that people know? Okay, is he going to be on my ballot? Should I get ready? <laughs> yeah. Well, we need we need everybody's help, right? We're the poor people in this race. We're the ones that marginalized. We're the ones that the big establishment says we can't win. But you know what? I got something for them. We're going to win this. Yes. So, so this district is the western part of Miami-Dade County. It was redrawn. It's a new redrawn district that the governor, unprecedented in the Florida's history, turned in maps, designed maps, and the legislature was held hostage, and they bowed, and they created the district. Well, thank God this district was not overly gerrymandered. Um, we go from Sweetwater. The eastern part is 107th Avenue by FIU, all the way south into South Dade, unincorporated parts in South Dade, Tamiami, Kendall, West Kendall, uh, you know, Redlands, Homestead, little eastern part of the uh, of US one down there by 180 something street. It goes it goes south of the canal, it goes all the way to the bay. Uh, all the way to Sweet Florida City, and all of Monroe, all the way into Key West. It's almost 200 miles from tip to tip. Wow, wow. Does that include Ghouls and Perrine as well? Unfortunately, it doesn't include Perrine. Perrine is just north and just outside the district. But Ghouls is part of it. I, I think this a, a little sliver. A sliver of it. Okay, yeah. 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 Because it's whatever's behind, it's south of the canal. I forget the name of the town. I'm, I'm drawing a Hey, I'm getting old. Listen, it's like, you know, you can only fit so much in the brain, right? Stuff got to be offloaded to fit other stuff. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I need one of those external drives to connect to my, to my brain. But we're good. We're good. We got good people with us. Exactly. Exactly. And we got some young people with us. So we'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, tell you, there's some older people who really surprised me. They got some, they got some traps for brains. This is true. This is true. I can think of a few. This is true. I should not be ageist in my comments. This is true. Mm -hmm. But this auntie needs the little nieces and nephews to help her out. <laughs> I will speak for myself. So, so let's talk a little bit more about what's at stake in this election, right? So, you know, you're running for Congress. This is a very important seat and we have a unique opportunity. You know, I definitely want to pivot off of your comments around John Lewis because I want to put everybody up on some game. I'm hearing some chatter from my sources that, you know, there's going to be more problems with regards to voting rights of returning citizens. We already saw 20 get arrested. Um, I would not be surprised if more got arrested in advance of the election in November. Um, and then I'm hearing rumors that there might be a bill next session to prevent third party organizations from registering people to vote. So your NAACPs, your League of Women Voters, who are nonpartisan organizations that are about voter education and making sure that you know how to register to vote and where to register to vote. They basically just want to put it strictly in the hands of the election supervisors who, unfortunately, they're, they've got enough problems trying to figure out who's eligible to vote and who isn't, let alone now you're going to put voter education on top of that, on top of their duties. Like that doesn't make sense. And again, these groups can cover more grounds. So to me, it's looking like the bigger picture of 
how can we disenfranchise the most amount of people and tamp down turnout so that only a small few dictate the policies for all. So we know that Congress can pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and the same in the Senate so that we could have more institutionalized protection. So even if the legislature in Tallahassee decides to try to strip strip away the ability to have other groups register folks to vote, you have federal protections that say, ah, 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 no, you can't do that. You have to allow different organizations to be able to operate with the guidelines, of course. I mean, not having people out here willy nilly, but at the same token, it's covering more ground and it's engaging more people in democracy. So I'm putting that out there generally. But, you know, Robert, talk about other issues that are at stake in this upcoming election and, you know, roll that into your platform. Yeah. And, and I want to go back to the boat thing. So so the boat issue, right? Not It's not a thing. It's, it's an issue. It's our rights. I think, uh, I don't know if you read Eric Holder's last book, Our Unfinished March. Not I recommend, yet. I recommend to anyone. I mean, that, he puts it all in context, even John Lewis's statements, right? So, so I support the John Lewis Act, right? The Voting Act. And I will continue to push for it. I believe, ordinarily, I don't believe in what's called codification. I mean, um, uh, preemption of local government. I believe in separation of local government. What does that mean? I don't believe in big one part of government uh, coming and taking charge of lower level governments. But what we're seeing here in this country right now, and what we're seeing in the state of Florida, is a need for codification. That means a the federal government to rule on the law of the land, right? Whether it's voting rights. Women's rights, we just saw the shameful rollback of women's rights, right? Now, whether we agree in abortion or not, I think the issue really here at stake is, and the issue at hand is, our freedoms. So this governor and, and this state administration, and even the legislature who has been pretty much, I'll go a little partisan here, over almost 25 years Republican, right? And the governor's mansion has been held just about as long as, as maybe a little bit less than, than, than 25 years but, but by Republicans. But the point being is that we have seen now a move by the state government to limit our powers, limit our rights. And, and the idea is it's rooted in, the, in, this, in this issue of control. They want to maintain control, divide and conquer. Yep. So I'm running for Congress because, you know, we hear politicians say this all the time. And I guess by virtue of the fact that I'm running, the fact that I served two years in, in the House, I'm now a politician, right? But but I'm, I'd rather look at myself as a public servant. But but politicians tend to say, we're fighting for your freedoms. Well, whose freedoms are they really fighting for when mm -hmm. so many people are being left behind? And I'll tell you this, whereas ordinarily enough for preemption or taking away local authority, when they're acting in the disinterest of the public, then I think the federal government needs to act. And what I was about to say a minute ago, a lot of politicians will say this. They'll say, go back 10, 20, 30 years, and they'll always say, this is the most important election of our of our lifetime. Yeah, I think right now, it is the most important election of our life cycle. We're looking at actions that have been so bold, so out there in the public. Look, we've had police officers attacked by politicians, right? By way of their actions. They've gone after their pensions. They've gone after their... Their, their, their stability. They may talk on the, on, the, on the outside, right? They may talk in public, oh, you know, uh, go against those that, 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 that talk, you know, that hold the police accountable. 
And they might say like they're like they're really supporting them, but no, they're disparaging them. They're disparaging the court system. They're disparaging the, the, the electorate system. They're stacking the deck. And I worked with a lot of those people in the Florida House that are now in this administration. Cord Bird, our Secretary of State, right? I work with that guy. You got to question his. I don't think people like us are pretty much in that man's like field of view. Mm. I don't think he. And, and and just don't take my word for it. Look at his actions, because I'm one that I know I want to go on here and say, man, we got enough of that. We know everybody talks some smack, but let's look at actions. There's a deliberate attempt in Florida to restrict us from voting, so that the few can maintain control of us. And it's all about the money, and it's all about the benefits of what they want to have, and also. They just don't like the fact that we're becoming the minority majority in this country. Let's put that out there. It is what it is. Let's be honest. So I'm running for Congress to change that. My congressman, the first act he took in Congress, okay, my con- my congressman is, he doesn't even live in the district, by the way. I live in the district. I'm not a, I'm not a carpetbag. This man was the mayor of Miami-Dade County for 10 years, Carlos Jimenez. He was a county commissioner. He first act he took in Congress was to not certify the election of 2020. Can you believe that? That's going against our votes. We're just talking about that. We just spent five minutes talking about votes, right? The importance of it. Just like he did in Dade County when the, when when citizens overwhelmingly passed the measure, the Pets Trust, no kill shelter. He wiped his booty with it and did not, did not adhere to the people's will. So January 20. I mean, January 6th, he votes against certifying the election. So 100, one of 147 members of the House. That for me was horrible. Second part is we saw an insurrection. We saw freaking riot in the Capitol. We saw these people going to the Capitol trying to form a coup, trying to, you know, basically stage yeah. a coup. They were trying to prevent the vote from happening. I mean, from certification of the votes, the transition of power from happening. From one president to the other. A peaceful transition of power makes our country the greatest country on the earth. They try to stop that crap. He doesn't call them out, but he doesn't stop there. He votes against the American Rescue Plan. Now, there was money in that plan for shots in the arm, people who wanted to have more protection, that means vaccines. There was money for schools. There was money for infrastructure, bridges, but equally important to help people come through a crisis We've had a crisis like we haven't had in over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. The last pandemic that this country had was in 18, oh, was it 18, 19, 18, 18? 1918, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, I stand corrected, 1918, right? That Spanish, Spanish flu. flu. Mm-hmm. It was a global pandemic. We never experienced that, those of us who were alive, most of us who were alive. We have a downturn economically across the world. Shoot, if it hadn't been for those rescue plan and those monies that were put into the economy to stimulate the economy, I believe, like the economists say, many economists across the country and across the world say, our economy would have been in a, not a recession, but a repression, a depression, excuse me, a depression. So so the point is, this guy votes against the people's issues, right? Money for people. And by the way, this is not handouts. These are not handouts. This is your money. These are your taxpayers' dollars. These are your tax dollars. Yeah. You need to give people a hand up, not a handout. But then he doesn't stop there. 
You know how hard it is for economic issues, man? You know how hard it is for people to make ends meet with the groceries, rent, buy a house. Some people can't even dream of buying a house. There was money in there for people who fell behind in their mortgages, for people who, who had a hard time with rent. It was money that was $700 million, I'm sorry. There was $700 million that was passed and came to the state of Florida and, and that South Floridians could have been able to be helped. People who owned their homes that were about to lose their homes, they could have gotten if they qualify. Now, there's some strict qualifications. You can't do any stuff, man. You know, you got to do some, be on the up and up. But if you qualify and you legitimately suffered economically, which most people did, they were eligible to $50,000 per household. You know, that man did not do anything to share with people the fact that that money was there available for them. Melba, I don't know about you. I don't know for anybody that's listening. I'm not with that. And I'll fight against that. And I want to stop people like him from being in office. Heck, I may not know it all, but you know what? With people like yourself, we're going to make a difference. You know and what? not to mention, it's about going to the people too, because agreed, you don't have to know it all to be in office and you really shouldn't, right? You know your life experience and you know you have a good working knowledge to be able to get the job started, but you need to reach back to your constituents, to the voters, to the people that live in your district and hear from them. Hey, what's helpful for you or what do you want to see addressed or what issues are you dealing with? That sort of thing. So having that commitment to being able to break bread with the people and not being afraid of them holding you accountable and sometimes they'll do so in an elevator manner and sometimes they'll get right downright gully with it right because that's just how people express themselves and what they're dealing with but you can't be afraid of that and i think that that's going to be a huge factor that really separates you from your opponent absolutely you know i come back to the same statement that i made earlier people want a fair shot and you know what for those of us that grew up in the hood we know people are going to get theirs no matter what right either they get it the right way and when things get tough, some people resort to doing the bad things, right? We don't want to go there. No. You know? We know that we're never going to get rid of crime. But you know what? It doesn't stop government from being, or the people who are representing, the people who are running government. It, doesn't, it should not prevent them from trying to do right by people. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, man. There was a little old lady on 18th Avenue. I don't know if you're, where your audience is, but on 18th Avenue and about Northwest 64th Street, it was a little, I used to call her grandma. She was a little, little old lady, black lady. She must have been about 80 at the time. This was in the 90s. I used to go to, to her place because she would cook. She had a little store she'd cook on, on, on Sundays. Those pork chops were the best. <laughs> right, let's see. We always got to check for mama, right? <laughs> oh man, you so good. But she always told me, Rob, she called me by my name, Rob, you do right by people, people do right by you. And right up that street, I pulled up on a man getting shot, a crowd gathering. And as I'm standing there looking to give this man CPI, I know he was done. I know he was, his eyes were rolling back. He had a big ass hole in the chest. And I knew he was done right in the center of his chest. He was probably shot in the heart. Mm. And as he's gasping for air, I'm calling for rescue and I'm going down to try to give him some rescue uh, CPR, but I know that wasn't going to help him. And I hear somebody in the crowd say, don't do it. Don't do it. You know what I thought? They were telling me, don't, don't give the man CPR. Mm -hmm. Rescue gets there. A couple years later, I get subpoenaed to court. It was a murder trial. 
the defendant was on stand. I mean, the defendant was there. The witnesses were up on stand. And they asked if I recognized the man. I said, I didn't recognize him. I told the story of what I saw. And I, I, I hear the gunshot as I'm turning, the man falling. I go to help, and the guy expires. Later on, as we're out of the court, some of the witnesses were standing there. And one of the guys asked me, do you remember me? I don't remember you. He goes, I was the one that said, don't do it. Like, oh, you're the one. Why were you telling me don't do it? He said, I wasn't telling you. I was telling the guy that was on the killer not to shoot you. That man was standing behind me. <gasps> I swear on the most precious thing in my life. Oh, Grandma said, well, she said, take care of people. People take care of you. That man saved my life. Oh my God, the chills. Dude, Robert, Robert, why are you like, you just messing my whole head up today. Oh my gosh. Mama, we gotta be good to people. Enough of the bullshit. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm cursing. Enough, man. We need to change. This country's better. We're better. I'm sorry, I just hijacked your show. I know, and I'm just like, and the next (laughs) question is, I can't even form a sentence because I'm still at point A with the story. Oh my God. This is who okay. So yeah, we're wow. That's he blew heavy. My mind. He blew That's me deep. away. I thanked him. I couldn't thank him enough. Mm. I mean, hello. See my eyes? Yeah. I got tears coming out of my eyes. Mm. I don't I'm just I'm just like I'm shooketh. I'm just like, oh my gosh. So okay, we're wrapping up. What are the three top aspects of your platform or the three things you want to accomplish in Congress? And then tell everybody how to find you. And I'm going to give a little bit of information after that. Go. <laughs> I want to bring people representation, right? But the real the big issues now we know about the economy, 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 economy. But on top of that, we need prosperity. And what are we going to do? The first bill we're going to introduce in, in Congress is going to be a workforce business growth development project. It's going to marry schools. They're going to be able to allow people to go to school for free without taxing, increasing taxation of taxpayers. We're going to marry education, which Florida has a statute. And on the books, that allows for free tuition. Nobody ever hears about that in apprenticeship programs. We're going to expand apprenticeship programs from certification all the way to PhD level in emerging economies. I mean, emerging industries that will be able to pay people better. We know this because we started in the Florida House. You asked me what I accomplished. That was one of the things I accomplished. I accomplished bills that would help people. I worked across the aisle. I was in the minority. We had six, actually 12 bills passed in two years. My first bill was passed overwhelmingly with no, no opposition. I know what it is to work in the minority. I know I know what it is to work with my opposition. I don't care if they pass the bill. As long as somebody passes the bill, then it helps people. We want to make sure that people can afford to pay for medical costs. We want to make sure that, unlike Jimenez, who voted against capping the cost of insulin. You know anybody who's insulin dependent? You know any child that's insulin dependent? Well, we all do. He voted against it. I want to make sure that we make sure that we hold Big Pharma accountable and we make sure that because we can do that. We can do that. We make sure people have the means to be able to afford medical care. They shouldn't have to choose between eating and having, you know, uh, medical care. We want to make sure we stop this rollback of rights because you know what? They, they start with women. What's the next step? You remember three-fifths of a person in the Constitution? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that doesn't exist. If we wipe it off the Constitution, we would. We want to fight for the people. It's time for people to dream again. As President Obama told you know, I was one of the 156 people that was um, endorsed by President Obama 
in 2016. Oh, when you ran for the house. Yes, I yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. So as he told me, I had an opportunity to sit down with him and said, he said, he wish you would have had more time to work at the local level. But here I am going to Congress because we can't really work at the local level. We need to work at this federal mm -hmm. level. But we also need to support those candidates that are running at the state and local level. Mm -hmm. Nova, what do I want to accomplish? I want people to be able to dream. I want people to think that they, they have prosperity. And for those people that give up no hope, and let's give them a little bit of something to just hold on. And maybe, even if they don't believe, that we make it just a little bit better for them or the people who come after them. That's all I want to do. Oops. I hope I answered your questions. Yes, you did. And tell everybody where to find you. What is your website? All right. So my website is real simple. It's Asensio for Congress. That's A-S-E-N-C-I-O-F-O-R, congress.com. So it's Asensio for congress.com. They can call my phone, 786-708-1762. Look, here's a, here's a deal. We're in the most expensive market in political market in the country, one of the most expensive markets in the country. We need to raise a lot of money. My opponent has a couple million dollars sitting already in the bank, and he's got a bunch more money because you asked me what, what does this seat represent? The majority, the Democrat majority in Congress may depend on our ability to win seats like this. And this is one of six seats, well, actually five seats in the state of Florida that's very competitive. One of a handful of seats across the country that one will certainly help and to ensure the Democrats go back in the majority in Congress. And I'll tell you what, if we don't get out and vote and help people like me get elected, what we saw, that foolishness and that anti- actually fascist leadership that we had four years ago, at last four years, or going back before this two years, this president came in. We're going to see that again. If the other side gets a hold of the majority in Congress, I can guarantee you one thing. They're going to try to impeach this president. So rather than continuing to pass the issues and the bills and the, and the packages, the economic packages, that are going to help Americans. We're going to get tied up in the BS smoke of fighting to keep the president in office. Now, we may disagree whether he's the best president or not. It doesn't matter. We have three co-equal branches of government. All co-three equal branches of government need to work together independently, but they need to work for the people. Mm -hmm. And that's what's at stake. We don't get out there and help flip these seats or ensure that you know Democrats keep these seats. We're going to be fighting for the, our democracy. And guess what? There's a reason why people leave Russia. There's people why leave people leave, you know, Cuba, Venezuela, and these other countries, South African. I mean, you know, African countries, oppressed countries, IP. Because there's no hope. We have the hope. We represent them. Damn it! I'm not done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna take a beating, but. You got me. Robert Asensio, I hope you guys will follow me and I hope you guys will join the effort and I hope you guys will contribute, even if it's five bucks. Help us. The link's on the website. Asensio for Congress. A-S-E-N-C-I-O-F-O-R congress.com. Wow, that sounds like a commercial. All right. <laughs>
Y'all remember, AscensioForCongress.com. I'm going to drop the link in the comments, in the chat, or in the body of the podcast so that y'all can easily reference it back. Definitely learn more about his platform. I have sent my donation. I am also endorsing him for Congress because I well, believe he's about the right thing. And, you know, listen, I, I like to watch people. I like to sit back and watch, watch how people move. And you've always moved in the best interest of the community. And you have the heart of a fighter, which is something we need right now. Because again, this is never going to be an easy journey, right? Even if we're in the majority, it's not necessarily easy because again, there's different forces and different concerns that get involved in politics. But if your North Star is always the people, that means you're always about doing the right thing. So that's why I'm proud to endorse you, Robert. And I'm going to, of course, like I did for the primaries, I'm going to send out a graphic as we get closer to when a vote by mail comes, like so people getting their vote by mail ballots at home, that's going to go out at that time. So everyone stay tuned for that. But if you are in Florida, make sure to number one, double check your voter registration, ensure that it is the party that you registered with because there's been some changes there. Not going to go there, but double check, number one. Number two, have a voting plan. When sample ballots become available, make sure to go online and know who you're voting for and understand the issues at play. Read all of the ballot initiatives before you get into the ballot box. So these are all things I will keep posting uh, links and resources as we get closer to the elections. But again, AscensioForCongress.com. Sign up to volunteer. Even if you don't have a lot of money, that's cool. Like bodies are important too. We need folks to phone bank. We need folks to knock doors. We need folks to put yard signs in front of their houses, things like that. So there are different ways for you to get involved that don't include money if that's not something that you mm -hmm. have. If you do have money, please feel free and donate. AscensioForCongress.com. And Robert, thank you. Thank you for running. Thank you for coming on the show. And thank you for being you. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you'll be with us. You know, let, let's do more of them from the sh from the road. Let give people a taste of what the campaign is about, especially congressional yeah. race. I'm learning. Listen, <laughs> every race is a learning opportunity, or should be. Okay, so yes to that, and we'll we'll talk logistics. So y'all take good care, stay engaged, stay informed, and see you next week. Bye. Bye.